This is about as winging it as you can get. Right. Gretzky had it, lost it. Eisenman picks it up. Eisenman moving. Blue line chance. Oh! Ladies and gentlemen, this is Puck Puck Pass, and these are your hosts, the hockey know-it-alls, KJ and Zach Mack. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Puck Puck Pass. As always, I'm your host, KJ, joined by Zach Mack. Zach, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, man. You got me, uh, full disclosure, you got me hooked on a couple games, so I've been, I've been binging those lately. Fall Guys, which I think you mentioned on the last episode, and then, uh, you sent me a snap of PGA Tour dropping, so I got that one, 2K21 PGA Tour, and that's been a lot of fun. So um, I've lately just been enjoying those couple games. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. It's funny you bring that up because I was going to do this at the end, but I'll just get some housekeeping out of the way. Uh, our Twitch channel is finally at affiliate status. Thank you to everyone who has supported that channel over the last few months. It's been kind of my non-Puck Puck Pass side project, and we are, of course, brought to you by Belly Up Sports. So Belly Up Gaming uh is a huge part of it and if you want to check out the channel remember it's twitch.tv slash belly up g-a-m-i-n there's no it's not gaming it's game in uh but yeah that's a huge huge development in the in the twitch world for belly up so we're excited to do that and uh fall guys and (laughs) 2k21 pga tour are going to be huge parts of the channel yeah yeah I would advise anyone to go watch it. I know you won't, uh, KJ won't toot his own horn, but uh, it was, I watched it a little bit today from my desk at work and it was just, it's, it was incredibly fun to watch. It, it is fun. It's fun to do. And it's, it's fun to kind of like, cause I, when I'm looking at my, and I've posted pictures online before, so people would probably see my setup, but like, as I'm talking right now, I'm looking at my main monitor with all our recording stuff on it. And then on my left is where I keep, you know, like Twitter or anything else that we need for the show. So when I'm streaming, main monitor and to the left is my stream on uh, OBS. So it's like a half second delay. So when I freak out or I rage or anything, I can see the end of my rage on my other (laughs) monitor. And it is like, I'm not one of those, like what we do, hating the sound of your own voice is just something that comes with it and you get over it. But sometimes I see myself, I'm like, dude, calm down. (laughs) It, it is a lot of fun, and we're doing a charity stream coming up. Because we hit affiliate status, 100% of prote- proteins, uh, proceeds are going to a charity that is yet to be announced. But that's going to be 12 straight hours of Twitch. Uh, there might even be a Puck Puck Pass Live. Maybe it'll work out that way. That we'll do like an hour, a, a quick hour show, like an Ask Me Anything type show for people. I think I think that'd be a lot of fun. But it, it's where it's at, and I appreciate those kind words. That's fun to watch. I hope other people think so, uh, whether you just want to follow the channel or you want to subscribe. That would be you know huge support for us, so we appreciate it. Anyway, before we get into player news, we're recording on Wednesday, April 26th. August. August 26th. It feels like it's still April. <laughs> um, Playoff hockey. Right. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we try to keep things pretty loose and fun. And I'm, I have Twitter pulled up and I wasn't going to do anything. We're not going to do a whole soliloquy on it. But obviously, by the time you hear this, the fucking sports world is upside down. Uh, it continues to flip on its head. There are talks that 
the NBA season is in jeopardy as a whole, not just the games today. Uh, obviously, right right now, a lot of the comments and boycotting games like the Milwaukee Bucks and Orlando Magic did has to do with the shooting of Jacob Blake. Uh, Zach Mack and I do not hide our feelings on what's going on in the world, and we know where we stand on our public platform, so we're not going to bring it all here. But you mentioned it before the show, and people don't really realize how historic what's going on right now is. Uh, and we're ridiculous to think that the NHL would do anything like this. Yeah, I, you're right, because it is, it is, it's crazy how historic it is. Like these, like we went from Kaepernick taking a knee to, and, and nobody listened, and then. These, these players, we had Kyrie Irving talking about protesting the bubble. They went on and played anyway, and they put messages on their jerseys, and that didn't work. And then, and then we got, like you mentioned, Jacob Blake gets shot seven times in the back by a police officer. And it leads to this. Props to the Bucks for boycotting this game. Props to the Magic for not accepting the forfeit and also essentially sitting the game out, so it's a wash. Yeah. This is, this is going to be something that we talk about for decades. I th- I think oh yeah, you're absolutely right. I think the whole NBA slate today is is done for. Yeah, NBA playoff games. Okay, so it's official on the website right now. NBA playoff games postponed. All three NBA playoff games today have been postponed in light of Bucks protests. Uh, and this the reason why it's so powerful to me is because this was this was not the NBA that made this decision. This was this not is the, the players. Yeah, this was the players getting together and making this decision. This is yeah. incredible. The Bucks ownership came out and said we are in full support of the team, uh, but admitted that they didn't know beforehand, which is that much cooler. Yeah, you know I'm not I'm I'm not a huge basketball guy, but I with just the activism it's activism in its own right from the NBA and the players and the owners when they you know when they're aware of things that are about to happen, the support just seems unyielding in, I mean, say what you want about keeping politics out of stuff, but I mean, if you still think it's about politics, you're a moron. Like these people just want equal human rights. And when I say these people, I mean the athletes, like the athletes that are stepping down, we're stepping away from their job. That is really just to entertain. Like every single time athletes do something, they're the people that were singing one song last time about how they don't want to see it flip the complete opposite way. Like don't like protest on your own time. This was their own time. And then their season got pushed back six months and they're still doing exactly what they want to do to shed light on it. Like everyone's talking about it yet. People will still say, I don't know what it's going to do. Well, what's the point? What's this going to solve? Shut the fuck up and appreciate what's happening around you. Right. Nobody, a lot, a lot, a lot of people have taken stances in history not knowing what it was going to do. Yeah. Like that's the whole point of taking a stance is because you want something to change and you don't know how to do it. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've seen a similar take on Twitter. So we're not sure what's going to happen, but history is full of people who took a stand with no idea what the future held and exactly. they made changes. They made changes. Exactly. So I, the NHL will probably do something verbal as far as another pregame announcement or something. Well, did like you that. see they're doing a uh, they're doing a moment of of reflection before each game? Is what I saying. I hate this league. 
I what would be more appealing to me, and I think a lot of people who continue to doubt the NHL in the same way we were talking about, and now we can kind of move to the NHL more as we talk about this, but uh, we talked about how the players made these decisions in the NBA. I know the I know that these NHLers aren't going to make the decision to not play. I I just know that's going to happen, and I, that's just the way it is. They're in Canada right now, so people will find any excuse. But I think to see the likes of like Tyler Sagan continue to kneel while shit like this goes on will be more telling of where certain players' mindsets are. I think because Tyler Sagan has been on the forefront of a lot of this, whether people like it or not, because. They let their personal feelings decide that. But it's a play- if certain players continue to push forward with showing how they feel and actually, you know, whether it's kneeling or, or whatever, I think people will lighten up on the players and just kind of focus it on, like, why is the league just basically ignoring what every other sport is embracing? Yeah, I don't. I don't have a. Uh, I, I. I. I kind of echo what you say about different players. You know, like you said, Sagan taking a knee. I would like to see that continue w- within the NHL. I don't necessarily have a problem with the NHL continuing to play games. I think no. what the what oh, the yeah. NBA players did uh, shed enough light. I think you know pretty much everybody in the sports world is talking about it right now. I don't know if hockey stopping their operations would further enhance things. I don't even know how much of an imprint hockey has on that kind of thing. But like you said, it comes down to the players. I I would like to see players continue to kneel. Maybe they all will kneel now. I who knows? I mean, we'll see tonight. I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's really all we can do is just is just wait and see. But obviously, things have to change. I mean, we're a hockey podcast, and we continue to talk about things like this that go on in the world. And we we spent more time on it than we usually do. But we we know you guys don't come here for this, but. Sometimes it's just we you can't be silent forever. You you just can't or or you're part of the problem. Um and I'm sorry for those who already turned the podcast off. We'll sincerely miss you, but we're not gonna hide the way we feel just because we have if players can use the platform in front of a billion people, we can use it in front of a couple hundred. Uh anyway, player news. Pittsburgh and Montreal or Montreal, Tampa Bay fuck Toronto. <laughs> made a trade uh, to underperforming teams of the postseason. Kasperi Kapanen and more are headed to Pittsburgh for a first-round pick and more, uh, just because we like to cover the basics. Kas- Kasperi Kapanen, do you like – do you think he fits in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think he fits better than uh, he did in Toronto. Uh, I think it's a better opportunity for him. I made the uh, I made the joke that I think Rutherford just hates waking up on draft day because he just trades his first round pick every single year. But <laughs> I mean, he's won two cups, so <laughs> I, I I see a lot of people trashing uh, Pittsburgh for this move on Twitter. I don't know if you saw the same. Um, a lot of people just praising Dubis for this move. I real I it's one of those things that I think we're gonna see. Um, Toronto might get a player with that pick better than Casper Kapanen. They might not. I, and then Pittsburgh originally drafted captain so I, it's just a wait and see kind of thing for me i like it for pittsburgh i saw some analytics on twitter which you know how much i love analytics right. but i i saw that uh his his play would fit better in the, in pittsburgh's style than it, it would in toronto so I, i'm curious to see how that pans yeah, out. And, and he kind of fits 
you know, I, I think Jake Gensel is undoubtedly the better player of between him and Kapanen, but Kapanen on the right wing, Gensel on the left wing, Sid in the center, and we could see a 65-point season from Kapanen this year, like or this, this next season. Like, it could happen really fast for him because he's going to get thrown to. And, and I think Dom tweeted it out, basically, like, Kapanen's not very creative, which is kind of what works best on Sidney Crosby's line. So it might be a match made in heaven. Uh, not that Kasperi Kapanen's Chris Kunitz, but th- I mean, Crosby makes people better on both ends of the ice. Right. I'm not going to say it, but we know who doesn't. So I, I think Jack Johnson was trending on Twitter for like an hour and a half after this trade was made <laughs> because Pittsburgh fans wanted so badly for Jack Johnson to be going the other way, and Maple Leafs fans wanted so badly for it not to be Jack Johnson. Uh, I heard some people clamoring for Matt Murray, which just doesn't. I I just can't imagine wanting Matt Murray in 2020 over Frederick Anderson. Yeah, that, yeah, I wouldn't either. I just because it, it goes back to like, I think Anderson was still like a 9:30 in that series against Columbus, but. Corpus Allo was like 970. <laughs> I, I think both teams did fine. Like, I, I really don't. But, every, I mean, these are two of the most hated teams among fans in the league. So, you're going to hear a lot of negatives on both sides. But I, I think both teams did fine. I mean, first round pick's first round pick. A player ready now is a player ready now. Yeah, I, I, I you're right. It was two, two hated teams, and it got hot real quick on Twitter right when it happened. And uh, But I, I don't think – I would have no problem saying that Kapanen will have a – you said, you know – 65 point I think he's gonna blow any previous season he's had out of the water I, I don't know if that's even too hot of a take but they said he's gonna play with Malkin or Crosby so I, I mean I, it seems like a match made in heaven for for Kaepernick he goes from the Leafs to the Penguins no hardships there I don't think. yeah right you'd be hard-pressed to find more offensive talent across the league uh so one last note on Pittsburgh they're most likely gonna trade a goalie yeah, yeah, you if you're him. if you have to pick between Matt Murray and Tristan Jari, if you're the Penguins, who are you picking? I'm trading Murray. If I'm another team, I want Jari. I think. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so we're on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I it's gonna be interesting to see where Pittsburgh goes with that. But again, I don't think it's too hot of a take to say that they're probably getting rid of Murray. Uh, the only thing that would make the most sense to me is if somebody is offering a. Like a top four defenseman for Jari and something else. Like I don't know what they have as far as picks left, but I think if if Jari and something that wouldn't cripple you is on the table for a good defenseman, I think you're you have to take it and and sure up a position that might be part of the reason Matt Murray was so bad. Yeah, I could see that. So from that perspective, then yeah, I'd be will I'd be I think I'd be willing to if I'm the Penguins, I'd be willing to listen to offers like you said for like a top board fence, but something like that, something that's juicy for uh, Jari. But if I'm if I'm negotiating the deal, I think I'm putting Murray down. Yeah, I but just, I'll listen to offers for Jari. I guess. Is what yeah, I'm it would it would have to be the perfect offer because you can't just hope that Jari will make up for the defensive woes as well because I because you saw that Matt Murray couldn't like we've always kind of said like oh Matt like you you want a Matt Murray on your team for games five six and seven of a playoff series but other than that you need an everyday starter I think Jari is probably more inclined to be an everyday starter 
today, but I, that doesn't make him untouchable. Or do you hold on to both and just hope that Seattle picks one? Yeah. Ah, uh, no, they're taking Braden Holby. Trade deadline one. Or they're finding they're finding a way to take to get Braden Holby. Uh, Mike Green, former Capital, former Red Wing, former something else. He retired. He had a very long career. One of the uh, more pristine offensive defensemen of this generation, I guess. He's not, you know, anything evolutionary, but he had a nice career. He's got pretty sweet tattoos. Oh, former Oiler. That's what it was. Uh, do you like Mike Green in... Do you miss him on the Red Wings? I, I don't I don't mind Mike Green. I when he was I liked him when he was a capital. Actually, I was um I, I, my brother was a defenseman when we were growing up playing hockey, and we, we would play in the uh, driveway. He was Mike Green quite a bit. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's just a little tidbit, but yeah, we were Mike Green. We liked Mike Green growing up. I did. He was a little uh, didn't did care for him on the Red Wings. I mean, the Red Wings weren't relevant when he was there. So um, fifteen seasons, right? Fifteen, yeah. Yeah, so I, good good career. He was he was a nice offensive defenseman, um, but I I got I don't hate Mike Green, but I don't love Mike Green. I'm clamoring, or I'm 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 waiting for everyone to start clamoring that he's an offensive defenseman based on what he was able to do in his first few. I mean, don't get me wrong. In from 08 to 2000, so for three years he had 56 points in 82 games, 73 points in 68 games. Is 76 points in 75 games. From 2010 on, his highest point totals were 38, 45, 35. Then he got to the Red Wings. And things got bad. But, I mean, he's a 30-goal-scoring defenseman at one point in his career. Finished second in the Norse twice. So he's nowhere near a Hall of Famer, but he'll be missed. He did have some pretty sweet tattoos, too. And I think him and Mike Babcock absolutely hate each other. Well, hey, I'm a Mike Green guy then. Yeah, <laughs> Green guy, yeah. I think it was some, it had something to do with the Olympics, but yeah, they they definitely hate each other now that I think about it. Uh, Alex Petrangelo could end up somewhere else if you're a team that needs a top-tier defenseman with the cap space. Are you bowing down and letting him d- demand whatever he wants, or is Petrangelo yeah. going to have to find the right the right spot? Yeah, I'm not thrilled with as a Red Wing fan. Not thrilled with having Petrangelo on my team, uh, but I did see these rumors flying around that he might end up somewhere else. I I don't. Uh, he's one of those guys where I I don't. Kind of like Mike Green. I don't I don't hate him. I don't have a reason to despise him. But I, I'm not really ever rooting for that guy either. So I don't I don't really care where he goes. He's a pretty good offensive defenseman himself. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the Red Wings would do with a 30 year old defenseman. At this point, like, that's probably... I know, they'd run him into the ground. Yeah, it's, exactly. Uh, and now Petrangelo's not cup chasing, so he could end up really wherever he wants. I mean, he's from Ontario, so we know what that means. I just don't I just don't think the Leafs could ever find a way to fit him on. But it will be interesting because he is just good enough to attract some attention. Like, T- like TSN and Sportsnet, and, and they'll find a way to turn this into an Eric Carlson-like sweepstakes just because he's what, a... Why can I see him in a Sabres jersey? For, like, it's close there. Because he already wears blue and yellow. Yeah, I feel like that. I could see that. That that wouldn't be crazy, I guess. 
let uh, Ristolainen learn under a good defense. Because Darlene's already really good. Ristolainen has taken some steps back. Yeah, get some leadership in Buffalo. You never know what could happen with that roster. Yeah, since they have such a toxic captain as it is. I'm kidding, but people say that. (laughs) Uh, Last but not least, not so much player news as it is team news. And the Arizona Coyotes are uh, giving up two picks because they violated, what are we calling it again? The league's combine testing policy. They had to give up their 2020 second round pick and their 2021 first round pick. And this has nothing to do with Chaka leaving because this happened much, much earlier than that, I believe. But yeah, so you sent me a message that said, seems kind of huge. Yeah. The, the coyotes, their, their statement after was hilarious because it was almost like, yeah, hey, by the way, we're not going to disagree with this ruling. We've already gotten rid of the guy who basically <laughs> who did <Yes>. this. <laughs> basically throwing Chico under the bus. Um, I don't know if it was really his deal or not, but yeah, I mean, a, a first-round pick, is that's, that's huge. Especially for a team that just, I mean, they need a lot of pieces, but this year they were a playoff team, and they they looked decent in the first round against Nashville who has been, you know, at the top of the central for a while, not anymore. It probably won't be for a while, but move. I mean, cause Arizona is moving to the central people. I think sometimes people forget with Seattle coming in that that's the change that's going to happen. So they're going to have to deal with a lot of talent across that entire division. So losing, I mean, a second round pick this year doesn't seem like the, the end of the world, but your first round pick next year, it's too bad they hadn't traded that pick already. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, just get away from it. I mean, maybe you lose a second round pick next year as well, so you're not as bad off. But yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting. And now there's no way they keep Taylor Hall. Yeah. Do you see them trying to trade into a first round pick? I don't know. It'd have to be a sign and trade with Taylor Hall. That's the only thing that'll work because I just don't – I don't know what I – losing this draft pick, I mean, the draft pick feels like the only capital they had to trade into the first round at all. I don't think the Coyotes are in good a spot as they seemed after they beat Nashville. <laughs> like, I think we were all a little high, like, wow, Darcy Kemper – like, I admit, Darcy Kemper is very good, and I was really high on him. But a week removed from them being eliminated, it's like, oh, shit. Like, they're the Coyotes again. Yeah, I, that's why. That's why I I hate. I won't beat this dead horse, but I hate using the predators as a measuring stick. <laughs> I hate it. You said that we have done that in the past a lot, and you said you are consistent with that. Uh, all right, that's it for player news. Anything else in your mind for player news? No, it's all. Uh, Robbie Fabry signed an extension with the Red Wings. Nobody cares, but that happened. <laughs> <laughs> You are right. Not. Uh, yeah, and then there was like a whole statement by Fabry, and it's just so overplayed. Uh, so we were trying to figure out where we were at when we let when we left off last week, as far as what was been done. But just for the sake of the podcast, we're in the second round: Vegas, Vancouver, Colorado, Dallas, Tampa, Boston, Philadelphia, New York Islanders. Uh, let's start with Vegas because they dominated Chicago. In five games, as much as I thought there was a possibility of that turning around. Then they 
just ruined Vancouver in game one. And I think they went to sleep a little bit. I just think they were maybe thought they would coast a little bit. They got lazy. I mean, they are still, I mean, I picked Vegas in five. I knew Vancouver would get one. But from the second period to the end of the game, Vegas was just firing on all cylinders. And it, it was unbelievable that pucks weren't going in. And they, they just couldn't get the lucky breaks. Vancouver ended up winning the game. It's tied 1-1. This is the closest the series will be for the rest of the, the rest of the next week. Yeah, I'm, at, I'm glad you said that. I haven't seen that take a lot. Uh, I think a lot of people think that this is a close series, but I, I'm going to agree with you. Uh, the, the Knights haven't let off the gas at, at all in these playoffs, and they ran into a hot Corey Crawford for one game and shots that didn't go in or got blocked for this last game. Other than that, they've won every game. Yeah. And so I don't think there's any reason to doubt them. Um, uh, Vancouver, the only thing I want to touch on is because they well, last time we talked, they were in their series with St. Louis, and um, I just want to acknowledge how right we both were. Um, about how, how St. Louis tied that game or tied that series up on kind of a fluke and Vancouver went out and won the next two games. We were very right about that. Um, so there's no reason that we're not going to be right about this one as well. You know, speaking of being right or dead wrong about things, I want to give you a second, if you want, to talk about Jordan Bennington. <laughs> uh, I knew this was coming eventually, and I actually should have been more prepared for it. He's done. He's done, right? Like, that was a flash in the pan. It's over. Yeah, I don't have a statement on Jordan Bennington other than maybe people have figured him out. Yeah, maybe. I <laughs> so, oh, we uh, speaking of goalies in this series, we did forget some player news. And as a Vegas podcast, people might forget, we are a Vegas podcast. Dude, fucking Marc-Andre Fleury's agent. What are you doing? Yes, Mr. Walsh. Alan Walsh tweets a picture of Marc-Andre Fleury in the crease. He didn't get the beach ball behind him, but a sword. Going, which, hey, you're on theme? Love that. A sword going through Marc-Andre Fleury's back with the word DeBoer on it. And for those of you that know, don't know, Pete DeBoer, head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights. Fleury, I mean, he's got that cute little French smile and was kind of smirking the whole time saying that he didn't know about it. Maybe he didn't. I like math. I can't imagine he would try to cause a riff. But what a... Bold statement. I mean, even like if you would have put the sword, putting the name on the sword is, is the cream on the the, t- the 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 icing on the cake to me. The, it's so blatant. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that De- DeBoer is like a newer coach to that organization, it is, it is mind-boggling why he decided to tweet that out. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, it was just no context, nothing. Like, if DeBoer's name wasn't on the sword, we probably still lean towards... You know, it's the organ. Like, no, I don't think anyone really thinks like he'd be tweeting that out if the fans were stabbing Mark Andre Fleury right. in the back. But that was wild. I saw that and did like three triple takes, and then Googled who is Mark Andre Fleury's agent just to make sure I had all my ducks <laughs> in a row. Yeah, and if you go down Walsh's Twitter, like he's always supporting the people that he represents. But this just seemed like this just seemed out there. This doesn't seem like. Some like it seems like one of those things where you hear about something from somebody and then you post like on their like a comment on their Facebook like, "Hey, I heard such and such," and you're just like, "Dude, no, I didn't. I didn't want you to say anything to him. Like, what are you doing?" 
Uh, yeah, so that that officially ends player news and Vegas Canucks. Uh, Vegas and five, you agree? Yeah. I can't remember what I had. I might have had Vegas and six, but Vegas and five, I, I'm on board with that team. Good. Uh, let's stay in the West. Colorado, Dallas. This is weird. You're unwavering. I'm nervous. But Colorado and six. Dallas looks really good, though, man. I cried for both of us when D- Dallas won the game one because we were the only two that were bold enough to pick the abs in a sweep. Uh, I picked a sweep with Grubauer starting all four games, so I mean, what the hell? <laughs> um, yeah, I told you I was unwavering. You said the stars are confusing. I said I made a joke. I said first four, middle four, last four. It don't matter. They're winning four straight. Uh, I still believe that. I I, I thought. It was weird because game two, I was sitting on the couch, I was watching it um, with Meg, and, and and it was one nothing. Colorado's played so well. They go on the power play. I, I I looked over and I go, this is this is gonna be Abs two nothing right here, and not ten seconds later, the Abs pulling in. And she just looked at me like, what? And I was like, the Abs are clicking right now. Like this series is going four straight, and then the Stars go five on three, get two goals, and then get an easy or a, a nice little bounce to go up three two in the game, and that was all she wrote for game two. It was like the Abs were like deflated. I, I don't know how many more breaks the stars can can catch. Maybe the, maybe they'll get a false offsides and the Avalanche will bow out of the playoffs again for two straight years on some BS. But I, <laughs> I still think the Avalanche are in control of this series. I I think they have the firepower to just quickly regain control. I definitely think the stars. Uh, let's just be glad this like series isn't going back to Dallas for all intents and purposes. Like right. It, that would be a little worrisome. I just, I feel like we're false prophets with with, with the confidence in in the Avalanche. But I'm with you. Like they're winning four straight at some point. <laughs> I just, I don't see them being down three one at any point. I don't see them being down three two. Like I, I don't see a scenario where they're not up three two first in this series. Yeah, I, I, I mean. Man, if the Stars win Game Three, though, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna worry. But even then, I would probably still pick Abs in seven. Uh, it's yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. That the Abs just need to. I feel like they were like, all right, let's. This is a good defensive team. We're probably gonna have to win like three two, four two. I, I think they, w- they would be able to just go out there and score six goals. I think they're trying to change their play style to better fit the stars where the stars are just like, Hey, we're pretty good defensively. So let's start scoring goals. Cause they kind of did that at the end of the Calgary series, which we haven't talked about. I mean, Calgary, that was the one series I said when we first recorded as the playoffs started that when it was one, nothing Calgary in that series, I was like, Oh shit. Like I was wrong about this series. And I wasn't, I picked Dallas and I picked Dallas in six games. That's what it was. But I never would have picked Dallas to win this series, and I still can't up to nothing. <laughs> Won't do it. Yeah, I picked I picked Flames in six. And I don't know what happened to that one, but I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's just the inherent like ability about the Avalanche, but I want them to go. I want them to have the Blackhawks, um, Kings, Penguins type of success where they win multiple championships because they're good enough and their team overall is good enough, and I like their coach, all that jazz. I don't want them to be to be like the Capitals where it takes them forever to win one. And I feel like that's if the Stars beat them in this series, like in five games or something like that, that's that's where we're at. They lose to the Sharks last year, lose to the Stars this year. It's just like 
they can't catch a break. I don't want that for the Avalanche. I don't know why. <clears throat> no, I'm, I'm with you because, I mean, we talk all the time about how we have teams that we obviously like the most, but we just love watching the sport. And four of my favorite teams are the four, not favorite, like diehard for them, but favorite teams to watch are the four remaining teams in the West. And they can't all win cups. Like, I, I'm going to have to make, like, Dallas, the window's passed. So I need Ve- I need Vegas to win a couple, and then Colorado and Vancouver can just trade off for the rest of the time. Like I'd be okay with that as well. They're next in line. Because the other one, and I know people don't want to see this, the other one for me is the Maple Leafs, but who knows if they'll ever even make it to the second round. Uh, let's move to the East, a game that has already been played today. Game two, Flyers take that one in overtime. What a ridiculous – I don't know if you saw that overtime goal. I'm just – what a ridiculous bounce for a game winner. I saw you tweet about the bounce. I was at work, though. I didn't Dude, it like uh, – was it Hank? I can't remember who shot the puck, but shoots it from the point. A defenseman shoots it from the point, bounces off an Islander stick down to the ice and like straight back up even faster into the top corner. Oh, God. Yeah, nothing uh, Grice could do. Oh, and Varlamov got pulled in that game after setting an Islander's record. Not great for the Islanders, but they fought back. They looked dominant for the last half of that game. They're going to win this series. They're... Yeah, I, I, I don't. Uh, I mean, early game today. It's been a while since we've had an early game, so very possible Islanders just didn't weren't ready for this this game today and found their feet eventually, tied it up. Like I said, they just weren't able to complete the comeback. I'm not. I'm also not worried about the Islanders. I'm, I'm with you on this. Yeah, there's just there's certain bounces in the sport that are inherently lucky, and. When you have a team that's as good defensively as the Islanders are right now, they're gonna, they're that's gonna be on, that four second play is gonna be on repeat over and over and over again, and they're gonna see like nothing we did defensively would have helped that, like other than getting your body in front of the puck instead of a stick. But I mean, these guys, I think blocking shots with your face is stupid anyway. So I think the Islanders are in a better position at one one. Than the Flyers are for sure. Yeah, Islanders in five. I, Islanders in five. I think I picked Islanders in six, but I probably picked them in six or seven. But they, they might be for real until they play the winner of our final series. Oh, by the way, um, Canadians Flyers went six, almost went seven. Flyers kind of turned it on there in game six to put them away. Uh, Mont- before we move on, Montreal, not worth winning that first round series, correct? Correct. Very much correct. correct. Good. Let's talk about Nick Suzuki, Nick Suzuki and Kakaniemi for the next three years because of two weeks of playoff hockey. Uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay, Boston. This is going to be a fun seven games. Yeah, we, we, we kind of highlighted this possibility last week. We said... I think I asked the question, like, how many times have these guys faced off in the playoffs? Because this would be an exciting matchup. And I think I heard on NHL Network, it was like two or two or – this is either the third time or it's happened three times before. So not very often. Uh, two, you know, monsters in the East. This is going to be fun seven games. I think quicker than anything <clears throat> in game one, but the series tied 1-1. They play game three uh, in like 15 minutes as we record this. 
Tampa looked super flat in game one, and Boston looked like regular season Boston. Tampa winning, I don't like teams winning game, like tying a series in overtime. I just said it with the Flyers, and I'll be true to it with the, the Bolts. I don't love that they had to win that series in overtime because I still saw better play out of Boston. But it Tampa does look like the the better team. It, 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 like at certain times you're like, ah, yeah, they're just better. They're with it right now. And then just something momentous happens for the Bruins and everything changes and they're on fire. Like they, it just happens so quick with the Bruins. They're scary, but I still like Tampa in this series. Yeah, I got nervous for the Bruins when when Rask stepped out, and uh, we touched on that briefly because he it was fresh when we last talked. But I mean, Halak hasn't he hasn't missed a beat since he's been in. Um, you know, I he's back in tonight on the the back end of a back to back, so that's a little bit of a question mark for me for Boston. I, I think Tampa's got the ability to to put them away, especially with the Columbus Monkey off their back. That's the thing, and I, I have no reason to really doubt it. But how is Har- Yaroslav Halak doing this? Like, there's only two, one of the two things are possible. Eh, sort of. Tukarask isn't as good as we think it is, as, he th- as we think he is. And Boston is undoubtedly one of the best defensive teams in the league, which they could be, which could be the case. Tuka could also be very good, and they're a very good defensive team. But I don't think Yaroslav Halak is this good. And we do it a lot, and I know you're not a purely stats guy, but the argument for, like, Hellbuck this year for me was the backup goalie sucks. The backup goalies suck. When your backup goalie can kind of step in and do the exact same thing, I don't have confidence that your number one is all that good. Is that fair, or do I just hate Boston? No, no, that's a fair point. I think it it baffles me because I also think the same thing. I think maybe – Maybe the Bruins are just a very good defensive team. And I'm sure if Jackson listens to this, he'll have analytics ready to support that. But it, it baffles me because Chara is like their number, their big defenseman. He, he sucks. Like, he sucks. It's time for him to go. It's So I don't get it. It's the the reach. And like, I, there's – I don't think they've yet discovered an analytic for speed versus, like, coverage. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's, yeah, range. range. Like, it's like a wide receiver thing. Actually, that's a great point. Like, it's like the Calvin Johnson thing that sports science used to always do. They'd show, like, if he jumped straight up in the air, these are all, and it was like a giant peacock feather. Like, all the range that he could catch the ball at. One or two-handed. And that's Char. Like, when you get close to him, he'll try to hurt you like Svechnikov. And when he, oh, by the way. Mike Milbury, Jack Edwards, and all the like, go fuck yourself. But if if Zdeno Chara gets close to you, then he just pushes you to the ice, and he's so big, he can't control it, so it's not a penalty. And if you're within six feet, he's just got this insanely long stick, which I don't know if Pierre was joking, but he has to get that stick cleared by the NHL every single year. It's so long. Really? Yeah. Maybe it was like an innuendo and like he's just got such a huge dick that it's got to get cleared by the NHL. But I'm pretty sure they were talking about his actual hockey stick. I mean, I I would believe it. I think I might have asked myself that question because coming from a lacrosse background, I mean, you play lacrosse, you got to get yeah. your sticks checked all the time. So I mean, God, it was so annoying. 
that was the worst part about lacrosse. But yeah, you're you're right. I listen, and you said it. I'm sure, there's an analytic to say that Charo does not suck. But it, if you've never watched hockey before, and you watch the other five or six Bruins defensemen skate around the ice, and then you saw number thirty-three, you'd ask why they put him out there. Like I just, I just don't get. And Charlie McAvoy gets so much credit, and he probably deserves it because I feel like he is doing a lot of the heavy lifting. But I'm so sick and tired of hearing Charlie McAvoy talk about how great it is to play next to Chara. We get it, dude. We, hey, hey, Charlie, we get it. Like it's every single time they come off the ice, they're at a press conference together. It's like I, I can't tell you what it means to play next to a, a legend like this. That's fucking great, dude. But you're also playing a great game. Talk about your game. Yeah, I just hate that shit. But again, it's probably just me hating Boston. Yeah, we're gonna have to bring back ninety seconds with how much you hate that. Yeah, dude, we were close. I <laughs> trying to turn over a new leaf, but man, I, I don't want. See, we got the third dog, and I don't want her to think all the things that the other two dogs think about me. So, uh, yeah. that's smart. Happy National Dog Day, by the way. I nice. still got those pictures out there. Snuck that in. Uh, did we miss anything? I'm just looking at the bracket saying, did we miss anything? Like, that's the only source of hockey news. <laughs> I don't think so. Tarasenko's going to miss starting the next season. Yeah, well, uh, let's let's go over the bracket real quick. I, you had, I have Avalanche and Bruins in the final. I'm confidence level. I'm, I'm good. Uh, I know I, the Avs are down 2 nothing, but I'm good. Out of 10, I'm like 8. I'm at an eight right now for confidence that I'll have the, the, the correct matchup. Who did you – you had Bolts and somebody. You need Bolts and Knights. somebody. Knights, yeah. Knights, Knights. I can't believe I <laughs> – I was only on the eastern side of my bracket. Yeah. I was like, who do you pick in the west? <laughs> uh, 10 out of 10. I, okay. I think the winner of Philly, New York, which will probably be New York, is in for a rude awakening. Uh, if it's Bolts or Bruins, I'm fine. I prefer it be the Lightning. But – uh, it, oh, only because I'd be at like an eight with you if Dallas was up 2-0. But because they're down 0-2, you don't get a second chance with Vegas. Who? Who? You, you said Dallas. Oh, sorry. If if Colorado was, was up 2-0, oh, okay, okay. I'd feel a lot different. Maybe I'd be at like an eight as well because they were playing so well. And sure. I do think they're in a good spot. I don't think they're in a huge amount of trouble. But you don't get a second chance with Vegas. Uh, Vancouver's about to learn that in Game 3 tomorrow. And the winner of Dallas, Colorado, which I hope is Colorado, will learn it really quick as well. I'm super homer about this pick, but Vegas is just on another level. And I'm not worried about saying that a day after a loss. Yeah, I, I would... Uh... I wouldn't argue with you. I think I think an idiot, an idiot would argue with you. But no, I would not. I'm not an idiot, so I'm not yeah. gonna argue with that. Well, most of my Twitter following is. So I'm kidding. I love you guys. I appreciate all the support. <laughs> uh, anything on your mind? What are you watching this weekend? Uh, I'll watch. I mean, I'll watch sports if they're still going on. But if they're uh, if they're if they keep getting protested, um, I might have to watch NASCAR or something. <laughs> yeah. Keep. And I did that. I did that for a couple months this summer before sports came back. Okay, so I, I'll do it. I don't. I'm. Not, I don't like it, but I'll do it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you got real into NASCAR for a little while. Yeah, no, I couldn't tell you who won the last race. <laughs> I had him thinking I was a fan, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, the Erska playoffs are winding down. I think Damien still has an okay chance. Yeah, he got crashed. Playoffs. By the way, I can get pissed about that. You get 90 seconds. I want 90 seconds. Wait, he so got crashed in the last race. It was BS. I couldn't see the broadcast. What happened? Well, I'm not going to call anybody out by names. I'm sure they've probably settled it amongst themselves, but we were sitting in third place, and the fourth place guy tried to run us over and pushed us back into 14th, and, and that guy finished seventh. Like I said, I'm not going to name any names. They probably sorted it out, but our car got absolutely screwed. I'm going to Damien's Twitter because I know I can find the culprit there. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's basically it for me. I'll watch any sports that are on. Um and Stephanie's watching uh, Criminal Minds a lot on Netflix, so I kind of got back into that. I like I've watched all Criminal Minds before, but yeah, it is kind of a good show. I do that binge every now and then as well. But uh, I'll also be mentioned. Uh, I'll also be watching, like you mentioned, Belly Up Gaming. Uh, any streams that are going on Thank between you. now and next week. Appreciate that. Well, yeah, we'll we'll have plenty. I'm trying to get a group together. I'm pit. Maybe I'll get it on PlayStation and just say fuck it. I'm pissed that more people don't have. The PGA Tour game on Xbox. But that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, what's up, Belly Up? Every week. You submitted a photo for something else. Are you ready to talk about that? Uh, yeah, so it's, I got to get it all set up on our hosting site, Pinecast. Um, I got to get all that sorted out. But I'll have a, a we, uh, sorry daily Monday through Friday morning show to release about 9 a.m. I'm going to get up at 6 a.m. to record it. And it'll release about 9 a.m. every day. Um, it'll just be a sports recap of the previous day. It's going to be called Zach Mack in the Morning. Um, so you guys can wake up with me and, uh, have some coffee and then you can head over to the Twitch gaming channel and then you just got Zach and KJ all day. What did you like run that by the lady before that? Like, did you say what's better for you recording late at night or recording early in the morning? Uh, no, I thought it, the reasoning behind it was to, uh, just get my day started. And that way, no matter how shitty my day went from 9am on at work or whatever, uh, I can at least feel like I accomplished something in the morning. Um, yeah, I mean, just as as someone who's married, you might want to bring that up. Just <laughs> discuss it just for a, a brief moment. Uh, guys, we thank you so much for the support, whether it's the show, whether it's What's Up, Belly Up, whether it's the impending Zach Mack in the morning, uh, or the, the gaming channel. It's fucking awesome. You guys are the best. Uh, the first 15 minutes of the show... If you made it through it, we appreciate you, and we hope you stand with the players and and are just not stupid. We appreciate you guys listening week in, week out. We'll be back next week with hopefully better news regarding the Colorado Avalanche and hopefully the Tampa Bay Lightning. For Maria, for at It's Zach Mack, I'm at Hosted by KJ. This was at Puck Puck Pass Pod, a Belly Up Sports podcast. We'll talk to you guys next week. See ya. We saw no light. We saw no signal. Be sure to follow your hosts on Twitter at Gearholtz underscore K, at BellyUpZachMath, and at PuckPuckPassPod.